The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Last week on Power of the Word. See, we have to think about God as absolutely good. If He's anything other than that, He's totally unpredictable. And He's not. The Bible says there's no shadow nor variableness of turning in Him. He's completely predictable. He's completely believable. Some people say, they suggest, well, you never know what God's going to do. You know exactly what God's going to do. He's going to do exactly what He told you He'll do. And you can believe it. God cares for you. He wants to guide your life and take care of your needs. Through Him, you can find the protection and provision you need to face any situation. In the series, The Father's Care, Dr. Ed King shares about the safety and shelter found in a personal relationship with God. And I don't think that you can live a carefree life unless you understand the care of your Father and what He says about that. And the Bible says a lot of things about that. Listen and learn that what matters to you matters to God. How to understand and seek the kingdom of God first and then receive God's abundant supply for your life. To get these messages as a digital download for $10 or on CD for $20, go to poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. You don't have to go to God and ask God to be good. Oh, God, would you please be good to me? How can he be anything but? The problem with you is you don't know the difference between good and bad. Wake up. It's fairly obvious if you just think about it. We're not really that stupid, are we? I'm not calling anybody. I'm just saying that the, the stupid ways we try to analyze things that are just asinine at the core. And they are. They're just nuts from the bottom up. Well, do you believe God wants to heal? See, that's what I'm getting at. That's the point. I believe he wants to heal. What else would he do? If he's not a healer, he needs to change his name. You remember the redemptive names of God? Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidkenu. I mean, you remember that? One of those is, I, I'm the God who healeth thee. If he's not a healer today, he's got to change his name. So you don't have to talk him into being who he is. It's automatic. Now what the prayer needs to be, show me how to receive it, Lord. I know what your will is. I know your intention. I know what you do. Now show me how to line up with it. That's the prayer that needs to be prayed. Not changing him because he's not changing. 
There is no shadow. There's no variableness of turning. You don't have to change him. You have to change you. Well, I never heard anything like you heard it today. Now, look here. Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Again, you remember that fall I said between Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2? That's how the earth got chaotic. Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. See, thou hast said in thine heart. I. Some people have said Satan has, or Lucifer, had an eye problem. And you can see it right here. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Now, let me just kind of jump ahead just a little bit. I'm not through with this. But it's interesting if you find in Revelation 12 and 4. Now, you just saw it says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. See that? See that? That wasn't a trick question. Did you see that? Yes. All right. Now in Revelation 12, 4, and this in his tail, now this is talking about Lucifer when he fell. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and cast him to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour the child as soon as it was born. Now this woman is Israel and the child is Jesus. That's what he's talking about right here. Okay, to devour Jesus, the Savior, the Redeemer. Now, when he fell, it says that he took a third part of the stars with him. Now, he defines stars in verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, and that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So when he said, I want to be exalted above the stars, he said, I want to be in charge of all the angels. I want to be the boss. I want to run the show. I want to run the deal. And there was a third of them bought into it. And so a third of the angels fell with him. However, two thirds didn't. And those are the ones on your side. And that other third are on the wrong side. And they will find their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone forever, created for the devil and his angels. Not for man. But if you make Satan your God, you get the reward of the one you serve. Even though God doesn't want it, even though God didn't create it for man, Man will get it because of whom he has made his father. You are of your father, the devil. You either make God your father or the devil already is by default. Now you go back here in Isaiah 14 again. He said in verse 14, he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell the sides of the pit. And so we see what Satan's future is. But what I'm, the point here that we're making in all this is there was a satanic fall. And he is the author of all 
that is bad. It was found in him. It was not put in him by God. It was found. It had its foundation, its source, its root, its origin is in the devil. Bad is from the devil. Evil is from the devil. Ugly, nasty, torment, etc. is from the devil. Not God trying to teach you something. Get it straight. I mean get it straight. I'm not joking with you. Get it straight. It will haunt you. It will rob you. And it will take you off of this earth before your time is spent. If you don't get it straight. Your faith will not work with that contamination in it. There's a fly in the ointment. You better get it out. God is not bad. And the devil is not good. Now it's pretty foundational. But it's so foundational we get it screwed up in our theologically seduced mind. We got a bunch of theologians that have made up so much nonsense about this stuff that they can't get back to the basics. It's time, honey, to get back to the basics. God's good. The devil's bad. End of story. Got it? And don't forget it. And you're caught in the middle. And what you going to do about it? You say, what am I going to do about it? I thought God was going to do something. No. It's not what God's going to do about it. It's what you're going to do about it. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You have to make some choices. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's why he put me here. I don't want you stupid. Well, I didn't, I didn't call anybody's name. You know, it's just it's a general principle. Amen. Now, we find over here in Ephesians 6, 11, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, those categories of demon power are what fell with Satan when he took those stars from heaven or angels. Now, I'm not saying that those categories of demon power are all angels. Some believe that that, you know, that, that world before, you know, the one we mentioned, the Genesis 1, 1, 1, 2, that pre-world. Some believe a lot of the demonic things that we deal with come from spirits that were loose on the earth back then. That could be true. I don't, I don't minimize that. But I can tell you a part of this right here is absolutely fallen angels, at least a portion now, somebody said, well, you know, I heard somebody say, and I, and I respect this person. They're, they're, they're a Bible scholar. And they said, well, there's nowhere in the Bible that you can find anywhere that an angel ever possessed a human. It has to be from that old world. Okay. Look in Luke 22, verse 1. Now the feast of unleavened, unleavened bread the night, which is called Passover, and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, talking about Jesus, for they feared the people. Then entered 
Satan into Jesus. We just saw that he was the anointed cherub that covered. That means he's an angel. And he entered Judas. So Judas was possessed with a fallen angel. So don't tell me it has to go back to the pre-flood, the pre-creation old world, because that's an angel right there possessing a human being. Now the human being had to be willing. The human being had to, I'll tell you how he got willing. He broke covenant with God is what he did. You remember in that upper room when Jesus cut covenant with them? He said, take, eat, this is my body, which was, which was, which was broken for you. Take, drink my blood, which was shed for you for the remission of sin. And he made covenant with those 12. And Judas went out right out of that room and he goes, goes on and he said, and he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him. He just come out of that covenant room. He just come out of that covenant room and went right out and see how he could betray him. Listen, and they were glad and covenanted to give him money. He broke the covenant with God and entered a covenant with the devil. That's how he got possessed. And let me tell you what the key was to it. You want the key word? Betrayal. Betrayal in every form, whether it's betrayal of your family, whether it's betrayal of your church, whether it's betrayal of your spiritual leaders, whether it's a betrayal of God, anybody that you, that you betray, anytime there's an act of betrayal at whatever level, it is the work of darkness. It is the satanic attempt to control and run your life. You betray, you will get taken over by the works of darkness. You must not be a betrayer. Jesus, when G Judas came to him and kissed his cheek to betray him, Jesus called him friend. The word friend was a covenant partner relationship. Abraham was the friend of God after he made covenant with him. It is a covenant term. You have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's covenant talk. It's not just I got a buddy. We ride motorcycles together. A lot more than that. You got a friend who will never leave you, who will never forsake you, who will never walk out on you, who will never betray you. If you've got betrayal in your heart, you need to repent. I don't care where, what it's toward or who it's about, and I don't care who you're gossiping about, it's betrayal. You cheating on your wife, you're a betrayer. You cheating on your husband, you're a betrayer of a covenant that you made before Almighty God. You didn't sin against God and against them. You sinned against yourself. You sinned against your own heart and you will never get free from it. Do you call on God to free you from it? You can hide your sin till the cows come home and you'll never get free till you own it and you possess it and you confess it as a nasty, dirty sin before God. Betrayal is a sin. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. It'll kill you. Judas went out and hanged himself over it. He couldn't shake it. You can hide it and you can act like nobody knows it and you may completely cover it up from detection, 
But I'm going to tell you what, the one person you can't hide it from is you. What stays in, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's the biggest lie that's ever been told. What happens in Vegas may haunt you till you die and may haunt you after you die. So we ought to be real careful what happens in Vegas or Knoxville. Because it's the same. Amen. We have this wonderful opportunity that God has provided us through the television, satellites, and all the things that we do to reach you. But it is an expensive proposition to come to you. And we do it for you. We don't do it for money. We don't do it for any of those reasons. We do it for you. But it takes money to do it. You can have money and have no ministry, but you can't have ministry when you have no money. We appreciate you being willing to partner with, uh, with us here at Power of the Word through your giving and through your prayers because you are making it happen. Of course, the Lord, but He uses people just like you. And so prayerfully consider being a part of this team here at Power of the Word through your prayers and through your financial giving. And we certainly would appreciate it. And we thank God for you. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. So Judas became a betrayer because he let evil enter into him. Amen. Now remember, the point of what I'm doing, I can't cover all my material. <laughs> God is absolutely good. Can I just read you a few scriptures? Psalms 25, 8, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he will teach sinners in the way. So a sinner, you can come to God. He'll be good to you. God's only good to Christians. No, he's, no, he's good to everybody. Psalms 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Why is there no want? Because he's good. Well, do you think God would give me a better job? Oh, I don't know. Do you want one? Isn't that what he said? There's no want to them that trust him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, God wouldn't give you what you want. Really? Hadn't been reading much, have you? Yeah, you will too. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You want any good thing? Well, he said he'll give it to you. For thou, this is Psalms 86, 5. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy, and all them that call upon thee. So God's plenteous in mercy. If you call on his mercy, God's good to you. You call on God's mercy, let me, show, let me tell you what's coming. 
good. What do you want? You got to state it. What would you have me do to you? Tell him. Oh, he won't hear me. No, he's good to all. Psalms 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. For the Lord is good. He wanted you to know it. He just said it again and again and again and again and again and again. The Lord is good. Mm -hmm. All the time. To everybody. Amen. Psalms 118 verse 1. Oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good because his mercy endures forever. Psalms 135 verse 3. Praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name for he is pleasant. So the Bible tells us when we come together we sing to the Lord because he is good. Why do we sing to God? Because He is good. Why do we give praise to God? Because He is good. His mercy endures forever because He is good. God is good. When? All time. To whom? Everybody. You got it. And don't ever forget it. He is a good God. <laughs> Psalms 145 verse 8. This is kind of where we started this little teaching that we started a couple weeks back. I'm not done, but I'm probably going to have to bring it to a close. But don't close your mind yet. Psalms 145 verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. Well, he's good to the Christian. No, he's good to all. Well, he's not good to the sinner. He's angry with the sinner every day. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Now listen to this verse 9 out of the Amplified Bible. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works, the entirety of things created. His whole creation, if they will allow it, he'll be good to. Anybody that will allow God to be good to them, he will be good to them. All we have to do is say, Lord, I believe you are good. You ought to get up in the morning, lift your hands to heaven before you go through much of your day, probably before your feet even touch the floor, and just throw your hands up to heaven and say, God, you are a good God. And you've got good planned for me today. Something good is going to happen to you. That's not a wrong thing to say. That's the only responsible thing to say. Anything else would be totally outrageous. Say, God is good. He has good planned for me. Therefore, Something good, Something good is going to happen to me, happen to me. Today, today, tomorrow, tomorrow next, week, next week, next month, next, month, next, year, next year, throughout eternity. God has good planned for me. No bad, 
only good. What are we going to do in the pandemic? Good. What are we going to have in the pandemic? Good. What are we going to do when we don't know what to do? Good. Good. Well, what are, what are we going to do when the supply chain is not working? Well, we're going to have good. What are we going to do when the food runs out? We're going to have good. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do when the food runs out. Eat. Because the good God that opened the windows of heaven and poured out manna on his children, those manna ovens are still working. I'm eating. You do what you choose to do. But a good God will provide good for me and good for you. Because there's no bad in him because he's altogether he's altogether shout it out shout it like you mean it shout it like you're talking to you shout it because you believe it he's going to do what to you when and forever was a person who came to Jesus and said, good master, called him good master, which he is good. But he said, why call you me good? There's none good but one. Now some say, would suggest that Jesus was saying he was not good, but God the Father is good. That's not what he was saying at all. What he was saying is if you say I'm good, then you have to acknowledge I'm God. That's what he was saying. But he drew attention to the goodness of God. And that's something very important for all of us to do, to draw our attention to the goodness of God. God's been portrayed in multitudes of ways down through the centuries and years past. But according to scripture, God is completely, 100%, totally good. There is no bad in him. There is no darkness in him at all. All badness, all evil, all darkness comes from the dark side, the dark being called Satan. He's the origin of all bad. Sin was found in him. That's where it all started. He's the foundation of all evil. So God is completely good. And if you come to him, and if you turn your life to him, he'll do you good. He'll be good to you. His intention is to be good to you, but you have to allow him to do that. Now, I know there are bad things in the world, bad things go on, and sometimes people wanna blame God, but God is not the reason for the bad. There's an outlaw loose on this planet called the devil, and he's the origin of all bad. Now, I'm not gonna say if you come to the Lord, everything's gonna suddenly be good because you still live in a fallen planet, in a fallen, society, but God will bring good to you in the middle of this fallen mess, this fallen chaos. One day this will soon be over and we'll begin to see the full manifestation of God's goodness. You have to do that by coming to Jesus Christ though. That's how it all starts. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. You are not my God. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it. Let us know here so we can pray for you and rejoice with you over it. We've enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless, and we'll see you soon. We hope you've been blessed by today's teaching. If you would like to receive this message by Dr. Ed King as an MP3 or CD for a gift of any amount, please visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Let the truths found in this message take hold in your life. Request your copy today.